did you fix your makeup? Yes. Okay. It wasn't even messed up on my it eye. Was, it was actually pretty. No, it wasn't. Yeah, no, you That's look not... like a poodle with a spot. First of all, a poodle that has nothing to do with bronzer. Your roasts aren't even good. You're, you know what I, <laughs> I mean? don't know. I mean, you look like a. You look like a. Don't even try. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fine. Fair enough. Fair enough. But you, I just want to make sure that you fixed it because it did. I just need to be fixed. It wasn't a big deal. Okay. Worry about yourself and that dusty ass podcasting jacket. Okay, sir. Listen. How's my pimple look? Ooh. Is it bad? <laughs> Is it still bad? I did the hot compress. Yo, at one point, your fucking, your pimple was like. It was bad. It was bad. It's still bad. It had stuff coming out of it. No, come on. It did. No, it didn't. <laughs> it did. It's a lie. It was, it was, a, it was, an, it was an, an, an unactive pimple. It was, <laughs> it was dormant. It was a dormant Yo. pimple. There was no erupting Yo, going on. Yo, that shit was erupting. Lava, all sorts of shit was what? coming out. <laughs> <laughs> You're blushing because you it's true. You leave my pimple alone. Only the pimple is blushing. Because <laughs> it knows it's being talked about. You're an awful person. I'm Francesca. <laughs> I'm Patrick. And this is Last Name Basis from Brick Radio. Triple corners in a triangle, why we keep it 100 tie optional? With a person from a dance to acting on the screen, you know who it is, man, it's Jessica Lee. He's a lawyer, she's an activist, and you're tuning to them live, this is Last Name Basis. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So today's a pretty special podcast. Yes, why? Because it's our 100th episode. We did it! We it only took it us three years! To 100, and there was a happy retirement balloon floating around the studio at but some point. But it was point. obstructing my face. We had to get rid of it because Fran was worried that people wouldn't get a good enough look at her beautiful face. Thank you. And her corrected makeup. Babe, how do you feel looking back on the 100 episodes that have gotten us to where we are today? Pretty good. I mean, okay. we did a lot of recording. You fine. aren't even like trying to sound excited. I do. Well, I am or excited. Proud. Like you're not. <laughs> I even... don't remember half of the episodes that we recorded. I know, but I'm not asking you, you know for this. intimate details. I'm oh, okay. just saying, like, show some enthusiasm. You feel me? Yeah, We're in the no, triple I'm... digits now. No, we can't go true. back. Things are going to get serious from here on out. You oh, know yeah? what I'm saying? You got to bring it for 101, 102, 103. We're going to be bringing it. Yeah. Three digits, baby. Yeah. So let me hear how you feel. I'm really excited to be here. Oh, and God. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I made it to 100 episodes. I can't believe we did all of the, the work, mm-hmm. the sweat, mm-hmm. the tears, mm-hmm. the constant crafting of corners. Yeah. I mean, the, um, the, the dick jokes. All of the animals that we've talked about. All of the animal sex. All the animal sex. All the animal dick jokes. We have had Satan on as a guest on this podcast many times. So many times. Yeah. Well, because, you know, he funds us. So our only sponsor is the devil. No, 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 no. That is not true. That was a bad joke. Okay. We don't don't play with the devil. (laughs) You do. You were the one with the Ouija board and all that. No, 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 no. That wasn't the devil. We talked. Okay. Listen. (laughs) How do you feel about the 100th episode? I feel fantastic. I knew we could do it. I knew we could. I had a countdown. The countdown was Actually, a count up. It was a count up to to 100, 100. and we made it. And to celebrate, I have brought a game to the pod that I'm calling Keep It 100. 
In this game, I am going to read a different quote from notable figures and celebrities, and they all deal with the theme of 100. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to have a blank that you, Patrick, my co-host, my vice president, Mm. will be tasked with filling in these Keep It 100 quotes. Are you ready? I'm so ready. Okay, the first one comes from Rick Scott. He says, my goal, 100%, is to get individuals and companies to move to blank. Um, the United States? No. <laughs> <laughs> to move to... Um, Do you know who Rick Scott is? To move somewhere else. No. What is it? To move to Florida. He's the governor of Florida. Oh, that guy. Yes. Yeah, okay. Okay, next one. You're quoting governors? It's a quote that has 100 in it. I honestly thought of Ric Flair. Do you remember that guy? Isn't that a WWE person? Yeah, the old dude. Yes. Nature boy. Okay, stop getting distracted. Number two. This quote is from Mae West. She says, a man has $100 and you leave him with $2, that's blank. Mm. Larceny. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no. Good. Success. Ooh, close. Subtraction. <laughs> I like that quote. That's a good one. I love that quote. This next one is from Andrew Young. Don't know who he is, but he says, <laughs> <laughs> nothing is illegal if 100 blank decide to do it. Um, white people. White men. Close. Businessmen. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Number four is from Hugh Hefner. He says, I have 100 pairs of blank. I like to see people dressed comfortably. Oh, 100 pair. Mm, 100 pairs of slippers. Close. Yeah. Pajamas. Pajamas. Number five. Okay. This is from Lenny Kravitz, who I know you love. You're a big fan. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. For anyone who doesn't know, I'm not a fan of Lenny Kravitz. If you couldn't couldn't see the dripping sarcasm there. I don't know why Patrick has it out for Lenny Kravitz. I don't trust him. I don't know why. I just feel like he's not a trustworthy character. Okay. His quote is, you can be around blank people and be completely alone. People don't realize what it's really like. 100 people? Yes! Good oh. job! <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for throwing me a low ball Number there. I like six. that one. This comes from LeBron James. He says, every night on the court, I give my all. And if I'm not giving blank percent, I criticize myself. 110%. No, just 100. Oh. Number seven. <laughs> <laughs> this quote comes from Gloria Steinem. Is the answer just 100 from I here on out? I hope to live to blank. There is so much to do. <laughs> what is the answer? <laughs> oh, God. 110. 100. <laughs> number like eight. My idea. Number eight. Okay. Comes from Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> She says, I will wear tights, even if it's blank degrees outside. Tights are my safety blanket. 98 degrees. 100. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> you, you're, Number nine. You're hiding the ball on me, Number though. nine. This quote comes from Seth Rogen, Patrick's favorite actor. <laughs> it's also, that's also not a thing. <laughs> the good thing about L.A. is that there's always someone more famous blank yards away from me. 30 yards away. 100. (laughs) (laughs) You'd think I'd get this by now. Number 10. This comes from Jim James. Also don't know who he is. 
He says, <laughs> I think we're going to look back on the internet in 50 to blank years as a big mistake. 75. 50 to 75 years. 100. <laughs> <laughs> and coincidentally, this, are there more? You got 0% right out of keeping it 100. Hell to celebrate yeah. our 100th episode. That's good. That's good. There are two zeros in 100. And I got mm. at And you are both of them. Of them. <laughs> Very kind of you. Now let's do a little bit of goings on about Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, what the hell is going on in Brooklyn? So we have another problem in yeah, our apartment. Yeah, we uh, love our apartment, but nothing is ever perfect in New York City. No, it's not. And we've been having these building meetings where mm. everyone has shown up and just gone, just rambled for hours about every little thing that's wrong with our apartment building. I know, it's kind of adorable though. I like how people are so turned <laughs> up about it. Like some people had like real serious issues and there was one lady who was like, I have an issue, the building needs to be painted. And I was like, what? <laughs> I know, people I are know. like, my toilet hasn't worked in a month, my ceiling's falling down. This woman wanted the building to be painted. I know, I people are adorable. like, well let's fish the raccoon out of the water heater first, you know, like let's do that. Yes, that sounded like a real problem that someone brought to the meeting and not something that you completely made up. <laughs> you were struggling. I gave it 100. You were like, you were like, Let, let's fish the, I was like, fish the what are you talking about? Oh, baby. Well, you weren't at the first meeting. That was a thing. There was a raccoon in a yes. water heater? Mm-hmm. I think you're a liar. <laughs> so, so please tell the good people at home what plague has befallen our apartment. We now have resident mice. Yeah. I think I figured out where they're coming from. Mm -hmm. um, inside the house. <laughs> coming from inside the house. Pretty much everywhere they could come from. But I got on it. I plugged as many holes as I could. Yeah, he's great at that. I've... <laughs> What? That doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm talking about the holes in our apartment. Sure. Hey, look. Don't be foul. Whoa. No, 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 no. I thought the look on your about. face right. betrayed you. Okay. Well, sir. it does that. My face does that a lot, actually. Son. So I plugged as many of the holes as I could. Plugged them up. And, <laughs> and, and I put out traps. I went like all out. I got glue traps. I got the regular traps. I got little cheese displays like that you see when you go to Sam's Club where it's like free mm. cheese. He put those out, but mm. when you go up to it, it's really a trap. Yeah, yeah. It's like a little image of a sexy female mouse Ooh. that you go inside and the door slams It's like a shut. little peep show. Mm -hmm, exactly. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. have to put in a little tiny piece of cheese and then the curtain comes up. Yeah, and then when it comes up, it's like, got you, sucker! <laughs> <laughs> and then the jaws close and the mouse dies. Mm -hmm. I've done everything that I can, but they keep coming. Well, wait, one time Patrick set up this like elaborate shoots and ladders style <laughs> obstacle course. I really was, uh, I was. And it was so funny because he was so certain. We have like an area on our countertop where we've got like uh, balsamic vinegar and like Pam spray and like bottles. seasoning and yeah. like bottles and stuff. And they're all in like one little corner, like cluster. And so Patrick set them up into like a little funnel that led them right to different mouse traps mm -hmm. so that the mice conceivably would have nowhere else to go but the traps, It was a right? genius approach. It did. I'll give myself all it, the credit. Do you remember that game? Remember that game? There was a game where you had to set up all of this. It's called Mousetrap. 
Yes, that's what he did. He set up a trap to lead the mice to the mouse trap. Yeah. And it did not work. It didn't work. It, and, ended, and, with, it ended with me and like some mice playing the game mouse trap. Can I just say, I wish you at home could see the look on Patrick's face the next morning. He looked like a kid who like runs downstairs to go see what's under the Christmas tree and doesn't get what he wanted. He was just standing inside of our kitchen with like a little mousetrap in his hand, like, I didn't catch any mice. What happened? Like he was he was so upset. He really tried. Okay. Well, this all sounds very demeaning, but you're leaving out the part where I caught. Like well, five mice. First of all, I caught one. No, I no. caught him you and I murdered one. Okay, and let me just tell you, you didn't catch him. I caught him. You murdered him. Okay, that is irrelevant. The part that is relevant is that Patrick was in his feelings about it. He was like, "I wanted to kill the mouse," and I was like, "Well, son, well I, didn't, you I say did it like that. I didn't uh, want to did. kill the mouse. No, no, no. I wanted you to were, spare you, you from were, having to kill the you mouse. Were I wanted to go the rest of my feelings. life without mm. thinking my wife was the he type was of like, person I who wanted would kill. To be, I wanted blood. to be the one that had to wrestle with the task at hand, which was killing the mouse. No, that, okay. You were You're like, only telling you half were story. moping about the fact uh, that you didn't moping. have to dis. You certainly were. No, this all sir, happened by text, sir. And what happened in was, person, it was, you started different. sending me gifts. You're like, don't worry about the mouse. I handled him. It's handled. I sent yeah. you an Olivia Pope, and gift. then you started sending me gifts of like you flexing and looking all cool. And it was like, okay, you're going to strut around because you killed a mouse in cold blood that I caught. You understand? All I'm saying to and it's you. Not, it was never about wanting to kill the mouse. literally untrue. You came home and you like plopped down on the couch and I said, baby, what's wrong? And your response was, no. you know, I just, I really wanted to take care of that mouse. You know, I just, I thought that I was going to get to do it. You really did. It was very strange. It was a side of you I had never seen before. What are you talking Honestly, about? I was a little bit worried because I've listened to enough murder podcasts to know <laughs> that when someone starts taking delight in the demise of a helpless, defenseless animal, no, that you should you be know that's worried. Not true. Because then I did catch several more mice. And then he was really sad. And then I felt really bad about it because mm -hmm. it's not fun having to kill a mouse. Because you can't, what do you do when they're stuck to a glue trap? Like the only humane thing to do is to kill them as quickly as possible mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and then get rid of them. But it was really upsetting to me. I don't enjoy killing anything. No, no, no. I will you say— You know me. I, like, put spiders outside and, like, I had the no-kill traps way back. It worked once. Remember that? I caught one mouse in a no-kill trap. I took him outside, and I dumped him out onto, like, the sidewalk or something. And then he flicked you off. And this thing, yeah, he hit the ground, looked me in the eye, mm -hmm. and hissed— and I was like, oh, shit. And then you were like, oh, I should have killed him. I should have killed him. That mouse knows what I look like. He was like, like I'm going to tell my family. Exactly. Yeah. I'm surprised that you brought this up because you are essentially taking a responsibility for the situation that we are currently in. If you had killed that mouse, it would have sent a message to his whole family. Instead, he went Jesus. back and told them how to come back to our house. Possibly. And so you have to live with what you did. So I think there's still another mouse. And... I'm going to get him, mm -hmm. and just so we're clear, yes. you can do the dirty work after I, will, I catch I him. I know. I will have nothing to do with it. I've done one, and that's more than enough. Oh, my God. Well, that was fun and exciting. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> it's dark. I don't know how to handle it, but um, 
But, you know, we'll get through it once all the mice have been... Um... Maybe they're listening to this podcast. That's a great idea. Patrick, if a mouse that lives in our house is listening to this podcast, which I believe there's a very high probability, what would you have to say to them? I would say, look, I want to resolve our differences peaceably. And I think that if we just figure out maybe like a schedule that we could each work mm, on, we could mm. both live in the same space together Mm-mm. without any no. problem. I mean, they have to clean up after no, themselves. Babe, no, listen. They can't eat this our is, food. This is the they problem. They have to know what food listen is theirs to how you're, what food is ours. No, no, babe, you can't talk to them like that. Here, let's let's switch it. Like, Why okay. don't you ask, you ask Okay, me. what would you say to them? You get out of here. And if you don't, I'm going to send a message to your whole family, to your oh. neighbors, to your third grade teacher. <laughs> Anybody who's ever come into contact with you will be scared to death because of me. I pay the bills in this establishment, you nasty, dirty little rodents. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's how you have to talk to them. Okay. You have to put the fear in their hearts. I'm going to come for you, your children, your mother, your father, your whole Jesus. family. Anybody that knows you. I'm taking them all out. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right. I mean, like, see the DSM-5 for strike what fear type of psychopath you are. Strike fear into their hearts. You just said to them, like, let's work out a schedule. Like, I'm not trying to compromise with these motherfuckers. I literally they earlier no, no, today no. took you a test just... that said I was a peacemaker. Right. And that's what I'm saying to you is that if you have the chance to talk to them, mm. you need to set the record straight. Not try to be compromising. You can hang out. Let us know when you're home. Put a sock on the door. Like, fuck all of that. <laughs> I'm not trying to make friends with these motherfuckers. Go live you somewhere else. I do know. I do know that I don't want them in my home. We could all have a good game of mousetrap together. No, I don't play games. I'm an adult. So let's move into the science corner. Science corner. Ooh, baby, that was good. I know you like that. I just mentioned this a moment ago that... I took a test at your request today mm-hmm. that is called an Enneagram test. Enneagram test? Yes. It feels like a horoscope's borderlining on like Scientology. No, I to don't me. no. This has nothing to do with Scientology. It's a personality typing system, and every single person according to this fits into one of nine types. Mm. And it's believed that these are genetically determined types and that the way that you find yourself on this chart determines like how you interact with other people, like depending on what number they are on the chart. Okay. I got number nine, which is, oh, I should add, the highest number that you can get in that this test. That doesn't mean anything. I think it does. No, it doesn't. I think it does. Okay. I'm, on a scale of one to nine, I'm a nine. Mm-hmm. Put it that way. But it told me that I was a peacemaker mm-hmm. or a peacekeeper. Peacemaker. Which explains my approach to the mice. I'm just saying. I'm going to put that out there. Okay. Peacemaker sounds fantastic, at least in the title. And then you read the description, and really what a peacemaker is... Is, is a pushover. Is pretty much <laughs> somebody who tries to avoid conflict and ultimately just becomes fairly lazy. Mm-hmm. So it's not of, really a great They said luck. one of your pastimes is daydreaming. 
I know. It was <laughs> my crutch was daydreaming, yeah. according to this. Which I think it's true, because I definitely have caught you staring off wistfully into the distance a number of times. I and do I have that. to like snap at you and say, Patrick, Patrick, are you with us? And you're like, no, sorry, I was just. <laughs> this I is nothing. <laughs> I was just. Thinking, I was wistfully daydreaming. Yes, Thank you. That has happened. I, on the other hand, am a number three, which is uh, the achiever, which I don't think I have to explain that to you. <laughs> you got a number three, but just like the peacemaker, number three, the achiever, isn't as good as it sounds either. Oh, no, it's great. It says that I am hardworking. Uh-huh. I'm successful. I'm very driven. Right. I'm passionate. Yeah, you're giving like, a lot exactly of, half. I have a lot of goals. Of the actual description. <laughs> because the rest says you need other people's approval. You're vain. Without other people's approval, you wither up and die Mm-mm. a sad, miserable Listen, death. use the test that I <laughs> exposed you to against me. I'm just saying you're only a three out of nine. No, no, no. It's and not, that's pretty low. No, no, no. That's not what that means. It's not a number. I think that is what it means. It's not what it means. It's a scale from all one to nine. Numbers, all the numbers, all numbers. And I got numbers, the highest one. I'm all close. numbers. I'm like right, all right numbers before enlightenment. That's right. Numbers, <laughs> Go all ahead. numbers matter. All of the numbers are worth something to someone. No matter what number you are. You might be a one. You might be a two. You might be a three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You could be any (laughs) number on this test. And I will Uh say, I support you. I affirm you. I believe in you. Follow your dreams. Be who you want to be. Live up to your full potential. Live every day like it might be your last. Smell the roses. Is this you achieving right now? (laughs) Is this this it? Is that what you're trying to do? Yeah. I mean, it's not. I don't even have to try. (laughs) (laughs) It's genetically embedded in you. Yes. Type three. Achieve no matter what I do. I'm an achiever. What can I say? Please go online and take this test. This this test has not sponsored our podcast. No. This is just a fun thing that yes. some of my coworkers and I were doing. And, and we I, also don't don't necessarily believe in this. No, stuff. we do. So whatever we that, do. No, we don't. Yes. No, we don't. <laughs> we believe it. Yours is not a good look. I it's have to not be honest bad. with you. It has some good things. It also says that I am a two, which is a helper. I love to help people. Mm. It says that. Did you read about me? <laughs> <laughs> Look me up on Enneagram.com <laughs> backslash did you, three. Did you, did you read what it said? Because it said helping yeah. is my job. No, and, I, you, <laughs> and you are not a helpful human being, I have to say. Help me out here, Fred. Why? It's not true. <laughs> I help people all the time. Sometimes I just can't help myself because I'm helping <laughs> everyone. <laughs> Everyone else. How do you live with yourself. <laughs> That's what I want to you know. You know what one time Patrick said to me was so rude. Honestly, one of the rudest things anyone <laughs> has ever said to me. Patrick says to me one day, it must be so exhausting being you. <laughs> <laughs> and I meant it. I know. I totally meant it. But it also makes sense with these little <laughs> Enneagram tests because oh. my flaws. So when it's convenient for you, the test makes sense. <laughs> but when it's not convenient, it doesn't make sense. I'm just, so what is the truth? This is the peacemaker side of it. Oh, God. I'm just trying to bring it all back around and make mm-hmm, it cohesive mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. Mine said that I'm often lazy. So my pastime was something like sloth. It wasn't even a verb. It was just like, here's what you like to your do in your vi- free time. Your vice slash 
passion is sloth. That's not much of a passion. Mm. It's, in fact, it's the opposite of a passion. Yeah, I know. Which is crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it makes sense, though, it because does, it sometimes does. you are so dramatic <laughs> and so eager to put on a show for no reason at all, for, like, literally nothing. Nothing. And I'm just like, man, this must take so much energy. I will be like, what are you eating for dinner? And you'll turn it into, like, a song, and then you'll be prancing around, and then you'll do an impression of the chicken that you're about to make. And it's just like... Why? What is all of this oh about? Oh my God! I have tears in my eyes. Tired. You're done to me. Yeah. You, you have me? brought me to the brink, to the edge of emotion, because you just refuse to give me any of my due credit. Because I achieve. <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't I, funny. I work very hard. I you help do. You lots work very of hard. people. No, the helping is not. I'm a, a thing. three <laughs> and a two. <laughs> no, you're definitely a three. I'm both. Because your favorite pastime is vanity. No. Yeah, that's what it says. Well, I think that some elements of this <laughs> are questionable. No, there are a lot of good things. All things considered, these are fairly accurate. I thought they were very accurate. Yeah. I thought it was I'm just, just really interesting. I don't think you're a vain person. Thank you very much. I think about myself a lot. I know you do. <laughs> I know and you I do. don't think that And I'm... when I think of myself, I think of myself as a helper. Uh, yeah, when I, exactly. <laughs> I don't think that I'm vain, even though I do think a lot often oh my of God. myself. If you want to check out this test, just go online and search for Engram test, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M test. There's usually like a shorter version and like a longer version. Oh, that's the other thing. This thing was like 14 pages long. It wasn't. First of all, it was 14 very small pages. Each page had. And they were multiple choice. Maybe eight questions and they were multiple choice. Okay, so son, we did it for the pod and it was totally worth it. Please go out and do this test and tweet us and let us know what number you got and if you felt that it was accurate because, I don't know, let's just rip our personalities apart. It seems fun, right? Oh, yeah. And now it is time for a new corner that you all love. It is the bouge. This is a corner where we ask you, our faithful listeners, to send in examples of your potential bouge, and we will rate them on a scale of rags to riches. Patrick. Yes. I notice that you have been dabbling in the bouge. <laughs> so before we jump into uh, our yeah, listener-submitted bouge, okay. I would like to bring this to the pod. You'd like to put me on blast. And I would just like mm. to say that yesterday, Patrick had a day of grooming, which included getting his eyebrows done. I do, I, but we know I do that. Yes. I don't know why that's become a regular topic on this podcast. No, no, it's okay. People love your brows. A strong brow is a sign of a strong man. I think. Is that a thing? They are, the eyes are the windows to the soul, and the eyebrows are the curtains. And if your <laughs> curtains are not well maintained, uh, then your windows are foggy. Okay. <laughs> and I'm this, is, this is like the worst fortune cookie ever. <laughs> Get the fuck <laughs> Okay, so Patrick got his eyebrows done, I do, and I do that. last night he was turned 
up about how the lady messed up his eyebrows. No, I wasn't. Patrick, what did you have to say about the way that your brows were manicured? <laughs> you were having a stroke. <laughs> okay. okay. It's not that I was upset about mm. the eyebrows as of yesterday. Oh, are you sure? It's like when you go and you get your eyebrows waxed and every single time you're like, I can't believe I just endured some amount of pain and paid 20 to $25 for this mm -hmm. and took the time to go to the place and get this done all like for this. Like this isn't, this wasn't worth it. So the first time I ever got my eyebrows waxed was right before our wedding, right? right? And they were perfect, like they were flawless. Like I wish I could find that woman and, and fly her to New York. I did say that. And fly and her to New York. And that is the booze. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, people of the pod, <clears throat> no matter <clears throat> who nope. you are, you nope. heard it here. It doesn't count. That Patrick wishes that he could fly yes. a person to New York <laughs> to manicure right. his brows. There are yep. multiple levels of bouge here. <laughs> okay. Not only does he get his brows regularly maintained, but he has gone to so many different places to have them done that he ranks them accordingly. And the one that he felt was the best yeah. was in South Florida. Mm -hmm. And he wishes the that one he that got could... away. I do. That is bouge. Sir. It's bouge, except here's my defense. Mm. Because I could never conceivably afford to fly somebody yeah, but it's not even about York that. It's about that you do my eyebrows. It's the want. The want is enough in this situation. Is it though? It is. I mean like I want to live in a mansion, but like that's not going to happen. Right. I know, but you are already like one foot in the water because you already are getting your eyebrows done. I'm just saying, every pauper like wants to live in the palace. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, but every pauper does not want to get their eyebrows done. That's not true. Every pauper is not scrimping and saving so they can get their eyebrows done. Scrimping <laughs> and saving? You said it yourself, son. 20 to $25. You make it sound like I'm like panhandling, <laughs> like I'm searching the sidewalks for loose change or something. Well, I know you. I can afford to have my eyebrows done. I mm. can't afford to fly somebody from Florida to New York mm -hmm. just to do my eyebrows. And so what has I been I don't think that's bougie. What has been your main complaint with how your eyebrows have been fashioned? That they're they're just different every single time and mm -hmm. like nobody seems to get it right and and the thing is when I tell them what not to do, mm -hmm. they just sort of like shush me. All of them do this. Every single one is like no, I know what you need. I know what you want. I know what you want. I know what you want. But you did it wrong and it kills me and I have to take deep breaths mm -hmm. because I just you I'm make like peace? I'm a peacemaker, and I'm like conflict avoiding, and I'm just like, you know what? And now listen, I'm not going to turn over this wanna, thing of hot wax right here. I want to preface this by saying that I don't want to victim blame, but I do. Or you say my brows did it to themselves. No, no. They were I, asking for it because no, they were overgrown. No, 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 no. What I was going to say okay. is that I know you're a peacemaker. I know you don't like conflict, but I want to help you. <laughs> You need to you need to stop. You need to stop this right now. Listen, I'm gonna put I... my foot down. Don't make me don't make me turn into the second thing that I, I am. What was listen, that? Listen, I want to help you, and I want to do that by encouraging you to speak up for yourself mm. before you get that far. And that's the thing. I do. I do. But here's the other thing. Okay, so this little test also told me like you had a second subtype that mm -hmm, you were. Mm -hmm. Mine was a type one, which is the, according to this, the reformer, which is a perfectionist. Mm. And like that is sort of the dichotomy that I experienced there. It's like, it has to be perfect. And then I have to remind myself 
it's just eyebrows, dude, or it's just hair, or whatever it is. I do the same thing with haircuts. Every time I get a haircut, I'm like, yeah, it kind of sucks, and I can't believe I wasted my time and money doing this. Yeah. But I had to have it. So have you ever thought, you know? this makes my case for the bouge. Uh-huh. Have you ever considered waxing your own eyebrows? I See, I don't think I could do it. Because mm. I can't, I can't, I can't cut my do, own hair. I can't do it. My, yeah, we're not talking about haircuts. We're talking about waxing your eyebrows. You could put a little wax right in the, mm-hmm. I won't say what says, area. Wait, I won't says say the... what area, but you could... Place. Are we talking about eyebrows still? Or? Yes, we're talking about eyebrows. Okay. But I'm just—I'm not trying to put you on blast and tell people your whole business. Who knows what you do to your eyebrows? I'm saying that like you could put wax on them in whatever area you deem necessary, uh-huh. and then wax yourself. Says the woman who has a team of people. I have never mm. discounted the fact that I have bouge tendencies. You have such bouge tendencies. I also work in the biz, so I have to be bouge. <laughs> if, I didn't otherwise, choose, how are you going to fit in? I didn't choose this life, okay? Listen, so we berated <coughs> you a few episodes ago to send us in your bouge, and you complied. So let's hop into it. So this one's from Jamal. Jamal says he's a self-admitted lip balm addict. He has a history of ordering from Amazon 12 packs and using them in short order. He said up until recently, the most expensive lip balm he's purchased has been $9, but very recently, he purchased a $38 skin fetish lip balm from Pat McGrath Labs, and he says it's actually pretty great. Mm. So is this bouge? Rags to riches, Fran. This is riches. This is bouge. It's pretty bougie. You are keeping your lips moisturized. Yeah. You are keeping them looking luscious and fluffy and, you know, pillowy soft. Mm -hmm. And those are indulgences that you could live without. Yeah. You could, I mean, I don't want you out here with some dry, crusty lips, but there's nothing that says that you can't just go get some regular lip balm or chapstick from the local drugstore. I agree. $38, while I don't doubt, Pat McGrath, she knows what's up. I don't know who that is. Oh, gee. But obviously an expensive skincare person. Yes, makeup, makeup. Makeup. Um, I say this is bouge. Riches. Yeah. What say you? I agree. I mean, I think anything over your basic chapstick, Mm -hmm. anything really functional when it comes to just dry lips Mm -hmm. is pretty bougie. You know, but there are levels too, because $9 is, you know, moving up the ladder. Mm -hmm. Uh, But $38 is ridiculous, because you can do a lot of things with $38. I know, but like his lips. Like you could have spent that on a foot rub. Oh. That's also bougie. Which is bougie. Yeah. You know, from my perspective, a foot rub is so for you, much for Patrick, better For Patrick, than lip bougie balm. is about experiences. That's right. I want to experience the bougie. I want to feel the I want the bougie rubbed into you my feet. You want the bougie ripped off of your face. <laughs> 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 All right. This next entry comes from Twitter. I don't know how to say this username. It's QU33Rio. Um, they say, firstly, I'd like to apologize for submitting my homework so late, but I present for your bouge corner one of my few vices. I have not one, but three different pairs of Beats earbuds with distinct purposes. A Bluetooth one for the gym, a regular one for my gym bag in case the Bluetooth one runs out of battery (laughs) mid-workout, and another regular pair for everyday use. Furthermore, and perhaps even worse, I also have a pair of fancy Bose noise-canceling over-the-ear headphones that I only use to listen to podcasts while doing chores around the house. 
And not even every time at that. I use them so rarely and the battery life is so good that I've yet to charge them despite buying them months ago. Ooh. On a scale from rags to riches, what am I? Patrick, I feel like you will have some very specific feelings about this. I do, mooch. I do, because I walk around at all times with three different sets of headphones. Three? Three, yeah. I've got the over-the-ear ones, which I use for various purposes, regular beats. I've got the Bluetooth earbuds that I use for the gym and for listening to music because they sort of tend to block more noise out. And then I have the regular iPhone cable ones from the iPhone 6 mm -hmm. because they're best for making calls. But there's a difference between mine, oh. my bouge, which oh. I don't think is bougie. Your bouge is not the same as this bouge. Tell us, it's enlighten different. us. Because Why? You have three headphones? I do, I do. And so you don't think that's bouge? It's not that it's not bouge, it's not the same level of bouge. This, so this, this is, is riches because it's it's the same or very close to the same set of headphones. Mine are dramatically different types of headphones. That's also which bouge, serve Patrick. different purposes. No, 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 no. They, these no, are like three no, of the no, same no. headphones just because what if one runs out of batteries? One yeah. of them isn't even used very often. I think, listen. And is used exclusively for listening to podcasts while doing chores. Right. That is a whole different level of specificity that just reeks of bouge. Mm -mm. I'm not saying it's a bad listen, thing. I agree that this is bouge. Yeah. But I passed it over to you specifically because you connected with this bouge because you, sir, My bouge son, is different. My uh, bouge is a practical bouge. It's no, not even no, bouge, no. really. No, 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 it's no, just, no. It's just working man mm -mm. getting by. Just, <laughs> just working just. man getting by on his conference calls at the gym, <laughs> like when he's editing the podcast. No, sir. Yes, yeah, you are bouge all of those things. You could use one pair of headphones for that, and you would be fine. You could use one pair of wireless headphones. You can make calls on wireless headphones. I mean, technically, yeah. Right, and the fact that you don't is bouge. <laughs> bouge is all about something extra, a little spice of life, uh -huh. something that makes things a little bit more convenient, something that like just takes care of you. And yeah. so the fact that you don't think that you could just use the same pair of headphones for your conference calls or whatever means that you are bouge. Um, okay, we have one more. And this one comes from our very, very good friend, Dave, who we've known for a very long time, mm -hmm. like 20 years almost. Yeah, we've known him a long time. A long, long time. So 20 years, that means I was five when I first met him. <laughs> of course. We met each other on the playground. <laughs> we could have. It's possible. I mean, we did. <laughs> Dave says, I feel like me being able to live abroad for eight of the past 11 years is definitely as bougie as it gets, even though I don't make a lot of money doing it. In fact, I'd say it's more than just bougie because even though I'm not 100% white and people comment on it all the time, I never would have been able to even get a teaching job abroad had my circumstances been different. Unfortunately, your appearance is what employers look at first and it's a weird situation. So he says, for example, um, people from Africa and people from the subcontinent have more difficulty getting English teaching jobs where he is uh, even if they're native and highly qualified, but it's also difficult for Asians that are similarly qualified to get a good job there because schools know or make the excuse that the parents want white Western teachers. So he wants to know, how bougie is this? Mm, and where does this whole discrimination fit in? This is a very 
tough one because he admits that he lives abroad. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. He gets to travel and like see different parts of the world. But he also acknowledges that he, one, doesn't make a lot of money Mm -hmm. and that the fact that he looks ethnic influences his experience. Like he's not 100% white, but he's like in that maybe racially ambiguous space. So some people code him differently. And he's definitely born and raised. So he like speaks, acts, dresses American to to an extent anyway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm going to say, I'm going to say this is not bouge. It's not rags. I'm going to say this is like Use Toyota Corolla. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. not like a yeah. brand new. It's like a, it's still a good car. Gets right. you around. You right. could start doing Uber on the side. You know what I mean? It's right. a, in good condition. Yeah. But it is used. It I is like still that. a luxury for some people because not everyone has a car. Mm-hmm. But it's not, you know, like a Tesla. So I would say he's like right there in the middle. I couldn't agree more. And I think it's interesting when you add the layer to it that includes him being passing as a white person abroad mm-hmm. or, or a Westerner who mm-hmm. can teach English because they want somebody who looks and fits that image teaching their children or the people in their classes. Yeah, and that's are. not something that you, like, bought into. <clears throat> While it is a privilege, and I feel like it's really great that you even acknowledge that and you're being, you're seeing it in real time, which is making you understand like other people's experiences. It's not like a, a special indulgence that is making your life like. It's not his own preference, right? Yeah. It's not something he's like, I'm going to step up my lip balm game today. Right, exactly. Right. Exactly. So I think that it is still, of course, a privilege to be able to live in another country. But you're not there as a tourist. You're there, like, living and working there. So you still have to go to work. You still have to take the bus. You still have to pay bills. You know Mm. what I mean? Like, it's not a vacation, which is why I think it's in that used Toyota Camry space, which is a new new measurement. Rags to Toyota Camry. To riches. To riches. Exactly. It's the natural stepping stone. I mean, what self-made person hasn't owned a Camry at some point, a, a used, used Camry. One. A used one, exactly. Or Corolla. We'll take Corollas, too. Yeah, or a Honda, some sort of Honda car. Or Hyundai. Hyundai, Honda, yeah. Pretty all much of all of those. Yes. So if you had a, a decent, <laughs> fuel-efficient used car, that is part of our bouge scale. Especially if it was a hatchback. Okay, Patrick, Okay. this is not about you. <laughs> <laughs> if you would like for us to judge your bouge, please go ahead and email it to us at lnbpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet it to us, last name underscore basis, or you can just use the hashtag last name basis. We would love to hear from you. Excellent. You ready for some Animal Corner? Let's do it. Animal Corner. Animal Corner. So, Patrick, we've talked about this a few times on the podcast And it is that I do not see it for cats. I don't like them. They're awful. They're not the animal that I would choose. Sorry to any of you who do have cats. That is a personal problem. There is also another place that's not really seeing it for cats, and that is New Zealand. They have what some are calling a catastrophe. Oh, Jesus. 
I didn't make Did you that. write that? No, I really didn't. I okay. got it from the BBC. That sounds like something you would write. In New Zealand, they have a massive cat population. Apparently, nearly half of the country's households have cats. And they are destroying the endangered animal populations, including rare birds. And so there is one town that has decided that they are going to put the kibosh on cat ownership by saying to its residents that if your cat dies, you are not allowed to get another one. Uh, yeah, but they have a whole cat system for for basically destroying this population mm-hmm. of cats, which in the name of the endangered wildlife, I completely understand. Mm-hmm. But every one of them has to have their cat spayed or neutered by right. a certain date. Mm-hmm. And then once that cat dies, they're not allowed to replace it with another That's cat. The thing that is really funny to me about this, though, is that the initiative is called Cats to Go, which does not sound like a way to curb the cat population. No, it it sounds like a takeout <laughs> right. service. It sounds like a cat delivery service. <laughs> yeah. Did your cat just die? We'll send you a new one within the hour. Yeah, they have this like really funny infographic that's like, your cat, while you love him, your cat loves to kill. And it's a little cartoon cat that says, I love to kill. It's totally slandering cats and defaming them, making them look like serial killers and murderers. It says, what if there were no cats? Native bird life would improve. Bird songs would return to the cities. (laughs) I just love the idea that they're trying to sell it to people. Like, you will hear birds every day. (laughs) Don't you want to hear birds? Annoying the shit out of you. And it's not happening right now because of your cat. Didn't, like, the New Zealand prime minister or whatever they have? He did a not all cats. He was like, my cat would never Not all felines. He was like, my cat would never. (laughs) Your cats, maybe. Maybe other cats, but not my cat. That's crazy. I know. I love it. Well, I just have to say that I support you, New Zealand, in your efforts to make sure that the wildlife can thrive because, unfortunately, these cats cannot be trusted. They get out. Not only do they start bumping and grinding, making more kitties, they also go out there and they kill birds. And no one wants that. Just just killing and banging. That's, that's all they do. Mm-hmm. That sounds like an album that I would listen to. <laughs> killing and banging. Yes. <laughs> who's, who's that by? Pussy Riot. Okay. I'll take that. I'll accept that. This one is one for the... Nanook, which is a title that was given to us by Hillary, or alternatively, this could go under the You Can't Say That corner. Which was recommended to us by Mia Lee Thomas on Twitter. So there's a guy by the name of Kyle Green in Minnesota, and he is running for the House there, I guess. I don't even know what the Minnesota House is, but he's running as an independent, and he has a campaign advertisement that is raising quite a few eyebrows. Take a listen to it. Hi, I'm your neighbor Kyle Green. I'm running for District 18A State Representative. I'm not asking for you to vote for me as your leader. I'm asking for you to vote for me as your public servant. The primary duty of a state representative is to protect all the rights of his constituents. I want to be your state representative, I want to be your public servant, and I want to be your nigger. So, 
just right off the bat, to his credit, <laughs> Kyle is of the light brown well, he, persuasion. He identifies as a mix of black, white, and Cherokee. Yeah, so he has a little bit of melanin, but not enough to know that it's not hard R, my friend. What are you doing? It sounds so Awkward. It was definitely the white dude that made that statement. Put it that way. <laughs> it was definitely the white third of him. The white jumped the whole fuck out. But here's what I want to know. Do you think this is going to win him votes? I don't know. When I first saw it and I didn't know where he was from, I was like, well, I think what he's trying to do is appeal to... You are such a peacemaker. I trust people and I you know, I want to see the good in them. That mm-hmm. was part of my, my yeah. read. Yes, yes. Pursuant to the test, but... I assume that he was trying to speak to, like, black voters but in that's, the area. But this is what I'm saying. First of all, but it, his ass is in Minnesota, okay? But then he's in Minnesota. I literally know the five black people in Minnesota, right. okay? Which means he's talking primarily to white people. And if he was trying to speak to black people, he would know it's a uh, no hard R. I just feel no like hard R. that I no, gave it no, to no, him. No, 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 no. Don't just... give it to him. Stop making peace. <laughs> <laughs> Just look at what's in oh front God. of you. The truth is right there. I cannot believe I, I, he knows any black people because if no, a black person doesn't. had seen that ad, they would have been like, yo, this is not it. But you can hear it in his voice, too. He's nervous about he's knowing he's about to say it. The whole commercial, he's yeah. thinking about it. Yeah. I feel like that was the third time he'd ever said it. Yeah, and it was probably very uncomfortable, which is hopefully to his credit. You see what I'm saying? No. And he was trying to be appealing in a way like to the youth in his head. What youth is going to hear that? And, and like, no. Like, I want to be your bro. I assume that's what he should have said that. But it, it comes out like he's like, hey, I want to. Kyle, you know. I have an idea. Just say your own goddamn name. That's what Patrick does on the podcast. <laughs> Just say, I want to be your Kyle. I want to be your Patrick. People don't necessarily know what that means, yeah. but it sounds Friendly. But listeners of Last Name Basis will get it and they will vote for you. Yes. All <laughs> 10 of them in Minnesota. This was not the business. And again, I really do want to encourage you or anyone who is uncomfortable with the N-word, especially white people, to just say their own name. We even got a listener letter from Carly who... I don't know if she's white. I don't think she is because I looked very closely at her avatar and it did look like a melanated person, but I don't want to assume it could have been a celebrity or a cartoon character. But Carly says that she is a fan of the pod and that when she is singing in the car, she uses Patrick in place of the N-word. I love that. I feel that it works much better than my own name, she says, or any other name, in fact. It also makes me cackle every time. Thank you for this contribution. So, Kyle. This is really like getting out there, though. Be like Carly. Just tell people, I want to be your Patrick. We might need to pull back a little bit, because if this spreads too far and Patrick becomes a slur, like, that's not great. No, 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 no. Patrick is not a slur, because no one's going to be like, listen up here, Patrick. (laughs) Come over here, Patrick. (laughs) No one's saying that. I know. They're saying, like, my Patrick. The method was to use your own name, and people are using my name. Right, but what I'm saying is, is if you say... I want to be like you are my Patrick. It'll that just is mean, very it'll mean clearly friend. a term of endearment. Okay, okay. You know hopefully it goes. And it's one that reaches across the aisle. You know what, babe? I'm going to give you a tip because I'm a helper. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Need, you need to step <laughs> off the pedestal, but okay. Maybe when you run for president of the pod, uh-huh. that could be your campaign slogan. I want to be your Patrick. <laughs> I don't know if I want to reference this guy's faux pas. No, 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 no. 
his faux pas is your game. I, no, I feel like you're setting me up for <laughs> failure here. And then if I Why? did that, you would immediately call me out. No, I wouldn't. We would have recorded evidence that I encouraged you. And I said, Patrick. Yeah, I can't. You should be everyone's I Patrick. I can't. I can't. Everybody needs a Patrick. No. Yeah. I don't. I can't trust you. Where are my Patricks at? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, I like it, but I am worried that somebody's gonna like. Nice for what to these Patricks? Right, Reddit is gonna decide that the OK symbol stands for White Patrick. It's, you know what I mean? Like people mm. are like, yeah, it could happen. And now it's time for You Must Be Dreamin'. If you're new to the podcast, then you do not know, but now you will know that Patrick and I are amateur dream experts. That's right. Which means that if you send us one of your dreams, we will tell you what it means. This week's dream comes from Hannah and Dana. It says, Dear Fran and Pat, hello, my name is Hannah, and I'm sharing my girlfriend Dana's dream. It is as follows. Let's set the scene. I'm at a local ice cream parlor that has its own cows that provides milk. I see that some cows are grazing happily when suddenly some start standing on their back legs with their front legs swinging in the air like they just don't care. A local visiting (laughs) farmer says to me that dancing means they have mad cow disease. I exclaim, oh no, they have mad cow disease, as more cows become infected by the dancing. Then I woke up without eating my ice cream. Mm. Patrick, what do you make of Dana's dream? So mad cow disease isn't a great thing. Mm-mm, it's a terrible And, you know, these are the cows that are providing the milk that's ultimately making the ice cream that she's eating. Mm-hmm. But in this case, the mad cow disease, it sounds like a party to me. Like, mm. I would want this mad cow disease, yes. right? I agree with you. I think that this is telling you, for your next party, you should have ice cream cake. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say that that you need to embrace the madness, Mm. whatever that is. Don't be afraid. Eat the ice cream. Take the plunge. Get yourself an ice cream cake for your birthday. Yeah, but that's what I mean, though. The cows are partying. They're telling you that you need to let loose. You need to get out there. You need to have more fun. Don't worry about the carbs. Exactly. You need to just try something different. Maybe you're not really a sorbet person. Go for it. Maybe you don't like chocolate that much. Just try it. Maybe add some pecans to your next ice cream topping. You know what I mean? You need to just, like, embrace. Really go nuts. Yes. You need to go wild. You need to get out there. Get out of your comfort zone. Yeah, man. Try dipping dots. Those are good. Mm, Exactly. And the fact that they're standing on their back legs is really talking to you about the fact that you should be incorporating handstands into your workout regimen. I don't know if you know this, but (laughs) standing on your hands is great for you. Oh, is it? Balance, abs, core work. Do you do that? Oh, yeah. All the time. Are you really? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yes, I do. (laughs) I am an achiever. I love to achieve. And a handstand is one of those things that you can gradually work up to by doing a handstand against a wall. And so the cows are saying to you, look, There are things that are going to challenge you and make you feel a little nervous and uncomfortable, but that doesn't mean that you can't do it. And then once you do achieve that thing and you have that party to celebrate all of your accomplishments, you can have an ice cream Then you get the ice cream. And and just kind of spice it up and do something different for yourself. 
Okay, Hannah, Dana, I think we've solved the riddle of your mad cow disease mm-hmm. dream. And happy so. early birthday to the both of you. <laughs> if you have a dream, we would love to hear it. You can go ahead and email it to us at lnbpodcast at gmail.com. Patrick, I heard that you are going to do Florida Man for us this episode. I do. I have a Florida Man. It is the Florida Man LMB episode 100. Mm. Edition. Florida Man. If you're new to the podcast, Florida Man is a game that Fran and I play where I read a number of headlines concerning Florida Men, but I slip in one that's fake, and Fran has to choose which one is the imposter headline. Are you and ready? We are not just crapping on Florida, we are actually real life POF, people of Florida born and raised. So do not come for us unless we send for you. <laughs> are you ready, Fran? Yes, how many headlines? We've got four. Number one Florida man gets arrested for trying to steal marijuana after 100 pounds of the drug washes ashore on Florida beaches. Okay. Florida man behind 100 million robocalls hit with $120 million FCC fine. Number three, Florida man swallows 100 condoms filled with baby powder, believed it was cocaine. And number four, Florida man arrested for calling 911 nearly 100 times in a single day. Ooh, look at you, sprinkling hundreds all up in there. I got them, I got them. I'm going to say the fake headline is the baby powder one. Yes, that was it. Ah! Yeah, I know. Oh. I know. You did a good job. You did a good job. That one sounds like something that I would come up with. I've got to be honest with you. I don't know that it sounds like you. I think I'd heard some of those other ones before. Yeah, definitely the 100 million robocalls. Like, you know about that. I didn't know about that one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've probably gotten some. They identified the guy that was responsible for sending around robocalls that were just basic, they were just racist. They were just like, oh, you remember that? Yeah, Whereas, I do like, about, it was basically it was, like black and brown people are taking over, and you need to vote oh, for yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. because I did hear about that, but I didn't know that he got a fine. I'm so glad that Florida, for once, did something right that we can be I know, proud of. I know. Lock him. We don't up. get. We don't get. We don't get a whole lot of opportunities. I know that is the absolute <laughs> truth. Well, listen, baby, I am so proud of us. Episode one hundred. We. Did it. We're here. We made it. Triple we digits. Absolutely did. We got them triple Ds. Triple digits. <laughs> okay. Get your mind out of the gutter. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right. Okay. Well, we want to know what you thought of this week's episode. You can go ahead and tweet us last name underscore basis, or you can tweet us with the hashtag last name basis, or you can tweet us individually at Cheskali. A tie optional. Because you Make us great. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to call that an achievement. Also, we have two live shows coming up. We have one October 22nd with WNYC at the Green Space and another on November 14th here at Brick Studios. In Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn. What the hell is going on in Brooklyn? Last Name Basis is hosted and produced by Francesca Ramsey and Patrick Condes. Our executive producer is Sasha Mathias, and our associate producer is Emily Bogosian. Our audio engineer is Onel Millette, and our videographer is Curtis Boone, and our show is recorded at Brick House in downtown Brooklyn. For more information, visit brickartsmedia.org radio. 
Uh, you're doing it. You're doing it. I'm not it. doing it. You're doing it. I feel it. like you're I'm doing not doing it. it. You're promoting the live show, and it's going so well. If you want more of that, (laughs) um, then you really shouldn't be an active member of the community at all.